The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Dracula, written by Bram Stoker, is one of the great literary classics of our time. It's a novel which has gone on to beget countless films, television shows and books. And now the author's great-grandnephew, Dacre Stoker, has put together a multimedia presentation which weaves together the details of Dracula's history alongside never-before-seen writing and images. And Dacre's on the line. Good morning, Dacre. Well, good morning, Pat. It's nice to be back in Dublin again. Good now, to hear your voice. Tell me about the enduring appeal of the villain of this eponymous novel. Well, of course, you know, Bram Stoker, a son, a favorite son of, of Dublin, created this back in 1890. It took him seven years to write the story. He did incredible amount of research in Marsha's Lively, Trinity, and also London Library. He actually was living in London when he wrote the book, but he brought together one of the greatest villains of all time. He pulled it out of treaties of vampires, uh, different stories by adventurers that went to Transylvania. Even a Scottish lady wrote all about Transylvania in superstitions. So he packaged it in a way that people in 1897 believed that his Count Dracula possibly could very easily have been real. Now, what does Stoker on Stoker involve? Well, Pat, what I do is I sort of bring to life all the research and the writing that I've studied over the past 12 years. I'll be chatting at the uh, Charlieville uh, uh, Library, and uh, I've got two local actors, uh, Amy Creighton and David Herlihy, who are going to be doing some dramatic readings. But we're going to delve into sort of pulling back the curtain and looking at the research, the writing, the secrets that Bram put in to writing this mm. enduring novel. Now, the presentation includes a reenactment of the only interview that Bram Stoker ever gave about Dracula. Um, why did he only give one interview? Why did he only talk, if you like, once about his creation? That's a big mystery. It's the only one that researchers have been able to find. It was in the British Weekly newspaper by Jane Stoddard just a few months after Dracula came out. And my theory is that the book was very sensational. The reviews showed that it really scared people. And I'm not sure how popular it really was. And so that's why maybe there was only one interview. And, and of course, after Bram died in 1912, it went on to stage in 1924, theater 31, and then it became immensely popular. He would have had many more uh, requests for interviews like I have since then, keeping his legacy alive. Do you have any idea how many movies were made, how many TV shows, how many books have been written about Count Dracula? Well, we, we know that over a thousand different editions, 30 languages, it's never been out of print. And approximately 600 movies with a Dracula character in it, not just any old vampire, but Dracula in over 700. And he is the second most adapted literary character from novel to screen, the first being Sherlock Holmes. Um, you are a student, of course, of uh, your uh, great-granduncle's work, and you collect memorabilia. What sort of stuff have you accumulated? Well, I've, I've been on the lookout for, for mostly letters that give me an inside insight into Bram's character, his personality. I actually found his Lost Journal, uh, which has been published, Bram Stoker's Lost Journal, The Dublin Years, and it gave, gives me anything that gives me great insight into what kind of man he was, what made him tick, what were his thoughts, his, his concerns of his life. That's what I'm looking for. And uh, I also try to collect first edition books of the ones he used for his research so I can look into the books that he got this information out of 
to write Dracula and his other stories as well. Now, when we hear, you know, Dracula written by Bram Stoker, we uh, think of, of, of Bram himself as maybe some sort of forbidding figure. Um, what do we know about the personality of the man? Well, he, he was far from it. Um, he was actually a very jovial gentleman. He was very kind in nature. Uh, he was a theater manager for Henry Irving, so he had that theatrical side to him. But when he was writing up in Cruden Bay, Scotland, the people said that he was a scary type figure marching on the beach with his cape flowing in the wind. But that's because he really got into method acting like Henry Irving did. So he only turned that foreboding side on while he was getting into the spirit of writing. But really, he was a wonderful all-around guy. He, you know, he was an athlete at Trinity. He was also a civil servant. So he was a wonderful, complex type guy, but not scary at all like his novel. Uh, many artists uh, never get to enjoy the, the fruits of their art in their own lifetimes, uh, and it, those who come after them get to enjoy whatever riches may flow. Did Bram Stoker profit greatly from Dracula? Unfortunately, not, not much. Uh, what Bram was smart enough to do was protect the dramatic rights, leave all, obviously, the royalties to his wife and to his son. He, this was really sort of a long-term inheritance project that he was on. But sadly, especially this time of the year, when we see the Bram Stoker Festival, the big screen festival, we look at how we are now profiting to this day from what he left us. He really didn't see much of that in his day. Mm. Now, what do the people of Transylvania make of all of this? I mean, in theory, it could have been Count Vlad, who was uh, the, the impaler, uh, who begot uh, Dracula, but we can't know for sure. No, we do know that part of Bram's Dracula came out of uh, the different historical background of Vlad Dracula, as was the name. He, he merged a number of things together. I believe it's Henry Irving playing Mephistopheles as well. But, but the people in Transylvania, and I do lead tours over there, many of them profit quite nicely from modern day tours and castle visits. Some of them are a little bit disturbed that Hollywood has, has sort of morphed their Vlad Dracula, who was a historical hero for holding back the Ottoman Empire for seven and a half years. Others are thrilled to death that uh, we here in the Western world come to visit looking for the genesis of the vampire myth. Now, I have never been to Transylvania, and I have just in my mind's eye the notion that it would be a kind of a, a spooky face, a place full of forests and ghouls and all the rest of it. You've been. What's it really like? Well, there are times, Pat, really, at nighttime, in some of the interesting places like Brancastle and Sigishwara, uh, Timishwara, these, these, some of these mountainous places, the Carpathian Mountains, where these spirits are really very common, uh, can take on that sort of foreboding element. But really, it's a lovely country, very fresh food, very friendly people, um, wonderful landscapes, uh, modern cities. It, it's really a place that your imagination takes over, much like Bram got in Whitby when the imagination at nighttime can take over and, and allow you to get transformed into that gothic myth that really was the backbone for Dracula. Now, you're presenting this show at uh, 7 o'clock in the Charleville Mall Public Library on the North Strand in Dublin. It, by the way, 
I haven't been in that library since I was a schoolboy because that was my local library when I was attending a local school, O'Connell Schools there. Uh, but it's a, it was a fabulous place of education and entertainment for, for me and uh, so it will prove for your audiences. Uh, admission is free. It's first come, first served and it's all part of the Big Scream Festival. You can get more details online of that festival. But uh, Dacre Stoker, thank you very much for joining us on the programme. Pat, it's always wonderful to chat with you, and I, and I love coming back to Dublin. So here's to a safe and scary Halloween season. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.